Coffee with George Kokolas and Virginia Dooley. First, it's a coffee of the year, Gina. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, George. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back. I hope you everyone rested well. And uh, we have a lot of uh, exciting uh, podcasts coming up, a lot of exciting guests. I, think, I hope everyone's ready for this exciting year as a whole. Absolutely. All the same. And today we are having a, a flying start with a very special guest. Uh, today, would you like to make the introduction? Of course, today we have our very own Jenny Dooley um, from Express Publishing. Hello, welcome, Miss Jenny Dooley. Hello, thank you for having me on the show again. It's a pleasure to be here. Let me wish Happy New Year to everyone with warmth, joy, happiness, peace, pleasure, love, everything that you desire. Absolutely. I think maybe I should mention just a part of your CV because your title is very long. You are the president of Express Publishing. You are a very prolific author. You are an international speaker. You are a teacher trainer. Um, you are a mom as well. And um, my first question is going to be a standard one, but I think people would like to hear your opinion. So how would you assess 2022 uh, from the perspective of the global ELT community? Okay, well, 2022 uh, was uh, a more interesting year for sure by comparison to the two previous years we had. Funny you should ask me that question. I was um, I was talking to another uh, friend of mine the other day and I told him exactly the same thing. It was mm -hmm. funny because all uh, through uh, the holidays, I, w I love watching stand-up comedy and every single stand-up comedian I watched they all started with the same kind of joke, COVID, 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 COVID. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not going to talk about COVID because I find it not old news, but rather overused. So I'm going to say that for me, 2022 was a little bit happier by comparison because first of all, schools opened up again all over mm -hmm. the world, or at least in most uh, parts of the world, and children, happy faces, returned to the classes, the teachers were happy, the children were happy, the parents were happy, let's be honest. But uh, I think human beings needed that reconnection because as we all know, and we all understand that, we're very sociable beings and all this isolation period created a lot of psychological, let alone educational problems worldwide. So with that reconnection, everything went back to normal, Classes went back to operation, uh, schools, teachers, students, everything went back to normal with, of course, the occasional absences because, as we all understand, since we put down the masks, now we have a lot of viruses going around, viruses that became dormant for a couple of years. But still, this is something that we all knew. I mean, it's normal for children, especially, especially during the winter time to get sick. So this is something that was always expected and it will always be expected for the years to come. Still, having said that, 2022 was a good year for education. It was a good year for schools. Uh, teachers started going back to their usual ways with 
some adjustments because let's be honest, the online learning is here to stay at least in the form of blended learning, if anything else. So everything is back to normal, I would say. It's a good year. It was a good year. And maybe the lesson taught is that after COVID, we, we learn to appreciate, again, what we have. So maybe bouncing back from more this um, um, uh, epidemic, now we appreciate more, uh, you know, getting our lives back, uh, back, as you said before. We appreciate and our freedom, that's for sure. Absolutely. More absolutely. physical events, more face-to-face -face, uh, meetings, more networking. No. Um, Brilliant. Having having said that, Gina, uh, it was a good thing that you just mentioned that because another thing that I've noticed since uh, in, in 2022 is that teachers were actually glad to get back into seminar rooms and mm -hmm. reconnect with us and absorb even things that they might have heard before just because we were together again. They were more willing to participate in workshops. They were more willing to go and observe seminar sessions, training sessions, uh, lots of different types of schools uh, and educational new techniques that came around. Teachers were eager to participate in all of that. So, yeah, from that aspect, it was good, too. That's great. So it was a major reset, and we're back uh, more excited uh, and eager than ever. So um, could... Which leads me into the next question. Could you, um, can you tell me if you foresee any changes or developments in, in education that will prevail or stand out in 2023 from your experience or how you see things are going? Yes, there are a few changes and developments that I have seen. A, due to the fact that, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I observed that a lot of teachers were more willing to try new things, to experiment with new things, whereas in the past, I felt that they were more reluctant to do so. Whereas this time, I see that they are more interested to study more, to find out more techniques, new ideas, new, not only technologies, new methodologies, I would say, new approaches, new, new things that they might have never tried before. So I think that's one of the major changes for me that's going to happen even more in 2023. I see people interested to teach and learn more through experiences, through a positive uh, aspect. Uh, I, I know, George, that you've uh, seen a lot of um, motion and commotion in the seminars that uh, you've conducted around the world too and we've been there together in some countries where we talk about positive psychology for instance or in the activities in the sessions that I did with drama and I'm going to do with drama this year in the sessions where I've done uh, where I talk to them about flipped learning and um, mediation and so on I see that teachers educators nowadays are more into trying out things that were reluctant to in the past so they are getting into give me something new give me something that i haven't tried before of course there will always be those educators who feel safe and secure following their tried and tested methods and might not want to experiment but the new generation of teachers i've noticed especially is willing to experiment with new techniques in order to make learning not only effective but also memorable and 
happy experience for the students because at the end of the day, we can't keep teaching students with a stick. They need the carrot now and then. So I think that's a, a positive uh, turnout. Now, there is another gray area in my head that I don't know how this is going to go in 2023 that has to do with the kind of um, social, historical, geographical, economical turmoil that's happening right now, mm -hmm. which is, in my opinion, segmenting even the educational system a little bit more. Because of all the political turmoil that we've been having uh, recently, I can see that more and more, I mean, I have noticed that in the last five or even seven years, I would say, but this is becoming more and more obvious. The ministers of education around the world are starting to follow not common linguistic and educational paths, but more and more they start getting divided. And for me, that's a dark cloud because education, language, sorry, not education, language is supposed to unite the countries, not set them apart. We speak a common language in order to be able to communicate, not just to isolate and take only our way, our stance, um, our beliefs, our ideas. So I would like to see this dark cloud slowly, but mm -hmm. you know, steadily disappearing. I would like to go back into seeing the language as a bridge to unite people rather than set them apart. That's a really very interesting perspective, Jenny, and thank you for sharing this with us, because definitely I think you have formed in a way these um, uh, uh, thoughts or these uh, ideas or this perspective, because you are also the leader of Express Publishing, one of the leaders, one of the leading publishers right now, EOT publishers worldwide. So given that we have this specific scenery of maybe teachers who uh, want to try something more positive, try new things, and we have also the dark side, as you said, what can a publisher do so to keep raising the standards, both for learning and education, in, in education in general? First of all, keep the student in mind, mm -hmm. not what they believe they have to teach not just what a minister of education tells them they have to teach, but always keep in mind the benefits of the students. Having said that, what do I mean? I have seen that in a lot of countries around the world, especially countries like uh, Greece, um, Bulgaria, generally speaking around the Balkans, not so much, I would say, in the West, more like Europe, Central Europe and Balkans, I have seen that mostly. Teachers tend to teach according to one aim. And what is that one aim? Students to achieve, achieve some sort of uh, certification, okay? Mm -hmm. Certificates are there to prove a standard, and that's about it. Certificates are not there to validate the work of teachers. What validates the work of teachers, what validates the work of students who study the language is not just a piece of paper, whatever that piece of paper is or comes from. What validates the work of the teachers and the students and the whole educational system is what the students can actually do with the language they learn. Can they use the language in everyday situations, in their work, in their 
I don't know, academic uh, careers in the future at universities, if they study abroad, uh, can they use it, for example, to formulate, articulate an argument sufficiently with correct justification? Or do they just mumble, mumble, mumble certain things that they've learned in order to pass an exam? Because at the end of the day, what you learn in the classroom should reflect and is supposed to reflect real life. Mm -hmm. This is what the teachers must always have in mind. And as I keep telling in every single one of my sessions, we shouldn't see ourselves as mere language teachers. For me, that title is insufficient. I consider myself and my colleagues to be educators. We are responsible for forming the future generations, especially when we're talking about children. But if we talk, if, even if we're talking about adults, we are responsible for helping them formulate, articulate correctly in a foreign language their thoughts, their critical thinking, their their patterns, their their uh, justifications, everything to do it in another language. So it is absolutely necessary for us to keep in mind that our job is to have the student in the center. Having said that, for how many years, George, have we been hearing time and time and time again, student-centered lessons, student-centered lessons. Everybody has been saying that. And what have we been doing? We have been kind of hiding behind our fingers for many years where we do more or less everything that we've been doing in the past, saying, calling this, titling this, call it whatever you want, as a student-centered class. Nowadays, there are techniques, there are methods where the students can actually take the front stage and the teacher can actually just monitor, facilitate things that we've been saying for at least four to five years in our session. For instance, if we go um, uh, in uh, one of our series where we're also working with a good friend of ours, uh, Mrs. Karamoto, and we're creating together the STEM activities. These activities are fantastic for uh, student-centered classes. All the activities that Ms. Verduca has created uh, through the edutainment sessions, these are 100% student-centered activities, and they create student-centered uh, classes. So we have to keep in mind that it is about time to stop teaching, not the basics, but just focusing on the basics. Teach them a little bit the basics, but at the same time, activate them through student-centered classes. Okay, well, that's insightful, but keeping students in mind, like you mentioned, um, apart from you know doing all these lovely holistic exercises or activities, Students and generally people these days are more and more stuck in front of uh, a device or a screen. I think screen time has been increasing yearly for me, if not monthly. Um, and you know, with that in mind, since we absorb absorb most of our time in front of a device, uh, what do you think is going to happen with education or educational materials? Do you think printed books? Um, will continue to exist in the following years or is it going to switch to being digital? Do you think it will be a hybrid situation or 
Will one be the winner of the two? Okay, let me start by saying that I do not want to live in the Fahrenheit period. Uh, those of you who remember the Fahrenheit uh, books uh, will understand what I'm talking about. I am not a firm believer that all paper should be burned, mm -hmm. and I'm definitely not a firm believer that all kinds of technology is only beneficial. There is good technology and bad technology. Sorry, let me put it to you differently. There is good time spent in technology and waste of time spent on technology. Mm -hmm. And the same applies with social media and the same applies with everything that's around us nowadays. If you watch any science fiction movie, because I am a science fiction movie lover, as we all know, you will see the kind of depressing scenario which shows in all these kinds of futuristic films where people are gloomy in uh, sad, lonely societies, walking around, just holding a device in their hands, being isolated from the rest of the group. In a sense, that is a kind of self-lockdown, if you think about it. Because what was our problem during COVID? We were isolated. And what were we doing? We were in front of a computer all day long or in front of another screen all day long. Okay, and that didn't go down well. We didn't like that. We wanted to get back together. Okay, so now by focusing exclusively on technology again, we are kind of putting ourselves in a self-lockdown situation. Having said that, I am also a firm believer on te of technological adv advancement and use of technology in education too. But there must always be, and I cannot stress that enough, a golden middle, a balance. Too much one thing becomes bad. So we have to find, we have to strike for middle ground. We have to use blended learning, yes, of course. We have to use technology in our classrooms or a little bit for home studying too, yes, why not? But that doesn't mean we have to create uh, buffoons out of our students, just putting them in front of a screen all day long, whether that is to watch social media or uh, uh, games or whatever. Having said that, that doesn't mean that we're not supposed to allow them to play any games, but try to find a balance, you know, a, a logical middle Absolutely, and it makes absolute sense um, using this in a meaningful uh, way, as you uh, have pointed out. Um, as we said, it's the first show of the year, so we are in the context of making new year resolutions and maybe new beginnings, new plans. Maybe you can reveal to us a little bit about the Express Publishing Plans, maybe new titles, activities, seminars that you are planning. Well, George, you know you're never going to get anything out of me. Every time you ask that question, I always tell the audience to come and see it live when we deliver it. But anyway, I can tell you a hint. I can tell you that we're working on a brand new series for uh, the international uh, arena for all the countries around the world based on the latest methodological advancements, making sure that we take into account all the techniques that are supposed to be used in a modern classroom, mm -hmm. such as flipped learning, we're using a lot of mediation, we're using STEM-based learning, project-based learning, we use a lot of um, dramatization, we use a lot of critical thinking, uh, reflectiveness, uh, we use a lot of positive psychology, 
We use, of course, the basics. We teach them the language. It's not a psychotherapy course, of course. But at the same time, we do it taking into account all the latest techniques. And this is going to be launched uh, in the, this year and next year, uh, the rest of the series. This is one I can tell you. Plus, I'm going to reveal that one of the beloved recent titles uh, that we've launched is probably going to have a new volume. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Nothing more, nothing less. Ooh. I won't put any more pressure. <laughs> we will soon find out, I guess. Um, if uh, if you come watch them, uh, the seminars live or keep up to date with our um, we'll be waiting to see channels. Them. Great. Okay, so I think now we're again. In, it's been a minute that I haven't done my favorite part of this podcast. So being the roast question. Um, so are you ready for the roast question? Uh, I don't know. Am I? Let's see. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So we want you to add extra spice if possible. Um, <laughs> right. So the question goes as follows. What can you describe the worst or most unexpected, um, uh, teacher training session you've delivered, something, a session where something went wrong or unexpected, um, where it was, how you dealt with it. Right. Yes, I can actually. Okay. That must have been something like, if I can try to remember, it must have been more than 10 years ago, if I remember correctly. I was traveling at that time in, uh, can I not mention the name of the country? I'd rather not mention the name of the country. Yeah, okay. Okay. I was traveling in a vast country, let's put it like, in a very cold country, let's put it like that, okay? And in that country, it was uh, common uh, practice that inside the seminar uh, rooms, the amphitheaters, wherever I was supposed to be delivering a session, it was always... Outside it was minus 40, inside it was plus 40 degrees. So I was actually boiling. And, you know, for those in the audience who have delivered seminars, they must realize that when a speaker is speaking, the temperatures rise a little bit because you're active on stage, you're moving up and down, whatever. So as I was delivering the, the, the seminar, I, I, of course, I started feeling hot. So I started removing clothes <laughs> in the sessions and, you know, the jacket came off and the audience was applauding, yeah, and then the I don't know the the pullover came off and they were applauding again and so on. But they kept the surprise at the end. Thankfully, I wasn't on my underwear. Uh, they kept the surprise for the end. So at the end of my session, and as I was completely exhausted after talking something like speaking to the audience for three and a half four hours, I can't remember. They were like Jenny. We know how much you love children, so we have a surprise for you. And I was like, what's a surprise? We're talking about an audience of about 500 people at the time I was delivering a session. And I said, what's a surprise? That we brought a class for you to teach. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> dying at that moment. Like I was like, I felt the blood moving from my head to my toes. I was like, hold on, hold on. You just brought me a class of children, many ages. Ah, 
level mm-hmm. and a different level. Okay, so it's not a class, it's a mixed ability group, right? And what am I supposed to teach them? Anything you want. And I'm like, guys, 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 wait a minute. I am not uh, um, a PE teacher and I'm not a kind of teacher who is a lecturer who can come up with, you know, ideas on the spot. So I, I need to have a syllabus or I need to have a book, you know, I need to have material, something that a I lesson. have, of course, a lesson plan, something that I have created before, before I go in and teach a class. And they told me, oh, it's all right. They pat me in the back and said, no, oh, don't worry, you'll do it. We know you will. And I'm like, okay. Besides uh, common uh, belief, I'm not God. But anyway, so I, I just thought on my toes, literally. And I, I came up with some drama activities. And I delivered like a 35-minute session to these uh, children of mixed ability, obviously. We did some drama activities together. The children loved it. I got even more applauded. And then everybody was asking for my autograph at the end. But until all that happened... I was, of course, extremely scared. But that's the skill of, you know, a successful teacher. So yes, but you please, put it through. Please, 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 for people <laughs> who are listening to this, do not think of doing that to me again. I don't like it. It's not a pleasant experience. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for sharing all these great insights and ideas with us. We wish you all the best for you personally and Express Publishing, of course. And to our podcast, Gina, all the best for the new year. Yes, uh, as we said in the introduction, uh, we think this is going to be, uh, we know, we don't think, every 20 years. So um, we're looking forward to that. And thanks, Jenny, for joining us today for the first podcast. It was very interesting the points that we discussed and i'm excited to see what express will launch in 2023 lots lots and lots of new things thank you for having me on the show guys all the best